Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this. Mike Wood, welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today and to dive deep into many of the different topics that I have listed here. But before we get into all of the good stuff, why don't you start by giving us a little bit of detail on your story, where you got started, and how you got to where you are today. Thank you so much, Nicole. It is a pleasure to be here. I was actually, uh, I've been on a few podcasts, but this is one that I was uh, really looking forward to. I love love the fact that you're able to travel, work, and do everything you can, so it kind of fits right in there. But um, yeah, I'm a digital marketer. I got started in this probably about 12, 13 years ago. I started as a side hustle when I was in law school, and I found out that you can actually do side hustles and make more money than if you were working for somebody on a nine to five job. So by the time I had finished law school, I had become a professional marketer. And my niche is Wikipedia. The story behind that is I started editing Wikipedia for pay. People would pay me to go in and clean up their Wikipedia pages or create Wikipedia pages. For those familiar, you know how tough it can be to edit Wikipedia and get something changed based on all the rules and guidelines they have. Um, Wikipedia frowns on anybody getting paid to edit, so there was a lot of turmoil in the beginning, all to the point to where um, someone from the Wikimedia Foundation who owns Wikipedia ended up contacting my employer, um, threatening them, and I ended up getting fired. So while I was doing my side hustle, I ended up getting fired and I was kind of um, thrown into the coals and had to turn my side hustle into a full-time business. And after a decade of growing, I'm um, out here in Southern California. I have five people on my staff now and just living the life, working when I want, as many hours as I want or as few hours as I want and uh, still supporting myself while doing it. So... Cool. What a story. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So I would love for you to go into detail on how you took something such as editing Wikipedia articles, which, you know, at face value, it is free. Anybody could do that. I could hop on and maybe create one about myself or edit somebody else's right now. So how do you start from there to actually creating an entire career and business for yourself out of that? Yeah. So, you know, and and that's one thing for listeners too. If you see something being done already, don't just dismiss it and think, well, I can't make money on it because it's already being done. That There's always a way to um, personalize something and, and be able to monetize it. Like you said, w- Wikipedia is free to edit. Everybody can go in and edit. But 
I noticed it became a very frustrating process for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of companies, a lot of professionals were would just talk in the space. I was just doing content writing and they would be like, hey, do you know anything about Wikipedia? And I'm like, yeah, I've edited Wikipedia. And I found there was a need because of how difficult it was to edit the site. You actually needed to have a proficiency in it. So that's when I actually started charging people to go in because I had the proficiency to do something that they already wanted to do. Yeah, it's free, but if you want to go in there and make any type of effective change, you need to have a lot of experience. And I'm not just talking about 30, 60 days or getting familiar with the site. I mean, you need to know the editors, the guidelines, the notice boards, the the types of references that are needed in a order to be able to go in there and do it correctly. So um, it's just something that started to come. And I grew it from just being a normal content writer into focusing on Wikipedia since that was uh, my strength. Kind of like Gary V says, you know, double down on your strength. So Wikipedia is what was, you know, paying the bills. So that's the avenue that the agency went. And that's what we have been focusing on ever since. That's so cool. I love that. And I love that you mentioned, you know, that it is something that's free and anyone can do it, but you have really, and, and maybe it's not the easiest to do. And so you came and you built a system around that. You were proficient. You already knew it. You built out a system. You have built out a team. And so that is truly how you grow a business or you grow something that you are passionate about. And so I love that you, you know, there's no guideline or blueprint, but you just took it and ran with it, created systems around it and look where it has ended you today, which is amazing. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, having to get jumped or pushed into doing something that you are passionate about? I know from my backstory, I kind of just pushed myself and quit my job and was like, you know what? I need to make this work. This is not the lifestyle that I want. So I need to make a lifestyle for myself that I want and push myself to do it. But talk to us a little bit about how that looked for you and how that can be beneficial if somebody listening is maybe not the most satisfied in what they are doing or what their life looks like. And they're wanting to do a bit of a redesign. Yeah. And, and I admire you for having that type of courage to be able to push yourself because everybody listening knows how hard it can be. You know, we always say, Hey, just take the jump. And people are like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can, I want to build up some money first or do this. And, and it really is the first step. I mean, it, it's the difference between wanting to do something and be willing to do something. Everybody listening wants to be an entrepreneur. They want to have a side hustle. They want to quit their full-time job and um, become an entrepreneur or, or start a business or whatever they want to do. The question is, is are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put in the hours? Are, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to take the chance of failing? And I think that is one thing that's going to separate people doing it from people not doing it. It's that fear of, oh, my God, what happens if I start this and I fail this? And you, you just have to come to terms with of, hey, I failed at a lot of things. What happens if I don't do this and fail? You know, you're going to fail by not even trying it. So, you know, like I tell people, I would rather see somebody try something and fail than not try it at all and sit there and complain that they didn't do it. Um, great advice I love is from Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey always talks about taking the jump. You know, you, you, you have to be willing to take the jump. So many people aren't willing to do it, but you don't know if you're going to be able to fly unless, unless you actually do it. 
Um, one thing you can do is start with a side hustle. I think, and I use that term side hustle just because, you know, those who don't know right now, the majority of people have side hustles. If you're not doing something on the side, and, and the recent study was something like 46% of people in the U.S. actually have a side business, whether it's flipping things from um, garage sales to doing art on the side to content writing or whatever it is. So um, just start with that side hustle. Yeah, it's going to take up some extra time of yours, but you're maybe not going to have to give up your full-time job. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an investment, but you do have a little bit of money coming in to support it. So you actually have to be willing to take that step forward. Hmm. Interesting. I like that you bring up the that so many people, such a huge percentage, almost half of people in the U.S. have a side hustle because I think that that is a very unknown statistic, and people think you know, kind of gone are the days when you just go into the office and work. And then what do you do after work? You know, you just kind of make dinner, you're with your family, and then you go to sleep and do it all over the next day. And I know because I have done that. And I'm sure you have too. But I think the world and how work looks is increasingly changing ever since I think 2020. Uh, it has really made a big leap. And since then, it has been changing and people want something for their own. And the best way to do that is to start a side hustle, see if it is something that is successful. And so you don't go all in maybe necessarily at the beginning, but you can see if it's something that you truly do enjoy doing and make money with it as a side hustle and then kind of go from there. And I think I think a big component of that, I'm sure you can vouch for this as well, is a lot of people will think that they want something. I know I thought the same when I first started my business. I thought that I wanted to do this and this was where my passion was. But then when you actually do it day in and day out, like 10 hours a day or as an entrepreneur, sometimes 15 hours a day, you're like, you know what? This maybe is not what I'm truly passionate about. Maybe in my personal life I am, but to actually monetize yes. it, maybe less so. Yes, it, it's it's almost like you're taking something that used to be fun and now you're turning it into something that is you have to work as opposed to, uh, you know, like the Drew Binskys of the world who are traveling and monetizing along the way. But um, I'm glad you brought up 2020. And for those of you listening, you're 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 going to see in the news that there's so many companies looking for work. And the question out there is, where are all these people going? Why, why hasn't everybody come back to the workforce? It just proved my point. People have gotten side hustles during this time because they're not going into the office. They're working for home. They're finding these. A lot of people are turning these side hustles into their full-time jobs because they're realizing, hey, I can stay at home and make just amount of, as much amount of money. Maybe not as much, but I don't have to worry about a boss. I can set my own hours now. I can have more time for the kids the family and everything else. So they're turning these side hustles into those. So um, it's a great opportunity. You're, you're either going to be um, working on your own as an entrepreneur. Maybe you're not a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but you're going to have your side hustle or you're going to be going and doing the nine to five job to support the people who are. So really, it's uh, it's kind of a transition in the workforce, uh, kind of a generational trend as well. So yeah, I really like that you bring up that thought process because thinking back to my journey and I'm sure yours as well and many other entrepreneurs who have businesses now, but a few years back, you know, my dilemma was do I stay in a secure job where I know what the money looks like, but I don't really have any freedom 
to myself other than my weekends. But then, you know, you have Saturday and then Sunday, you're dreading Monday already. So is it really a weekend? <laughs> you don't really exactly. get to enjoy that time. So for me, the trade-off was so worth it to do something that I truly enjoyed, enjoy build something that I really enjoy doing the work, not just doing the work for somebody else and also having my own time. And I can tell you, and I'm sure you can too, I work so much harder and I work so many more hours now than I did when I was working for somebody yes. else, but I would yeah. not change that. And it is so worth it. Absolutely. And, and the great thing is you can schedule around it. Like I get to pick my kids up. Um, like today I'm going at one thirty to pick my kids up. I don't have to ask my boss if I can have that time off. It's I'm just going, <laughs> I put everything on hold. I'll talk to you guys later. I'll finish this work later, but this is my family. That's what I'm going to do. So, and, and you know, there's times when you look back and think, man, I wish I was just working nine to five again, but then like two minutes later, your mind wakes you up and says, no, 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 no. Well, what are you thinking about? No, you're, you're, you're not going back to that. So, so yeah, there, there's times when you are working a lot more, but at the same time, you're doing things for you. You're doing things that are fun and it makes up for the, the nine to five. For me, a 10 hour day doing things on my own of what I want to do as, as a professional goes so much faster. It's so much easier than having to wake up, make sure I'm there at nine. I've got a meeting at this time. I get to eat lunch at this time and then go home at this specific time and hope I don't get an email from my boss tonight, which is going to you know, make me anxious and um, get me nervous about whatever is going on tomorrow. So yes, it's, it's, there's, there's the, the drawbacks of being self-employed or doing the freelance, but it is so much better, so much better than going in and getting your butt kicked every day um, by the man. Yeah, totally agree. And you saying that it brings back memories of one time I yeah. needed to go to the dentist and they were only open during work hours. And so I had to go to my boss yeah. and ask him if I could go to the dentist. And I just remember thinking, and this was kind of near the end when I was just overworking for someone else. And I just remember thinking, this is such bullshit. Why do I have to ask to go to the damn dentist? And <laughs> that will always stay with me. And then from there, I was like, I'm, I'm done working for someone else. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. And, and the work culture is changing because of that. Um, like, you know, I'm, I'm just in the beginning of uh, Gen X. So but now with Gen Z, millennials are kind of changing that workforce now to where um, companies are starting to be a little more lenient towards that stuff. But I say it's too little too late. They held on to a lot of workplace cultures that are outdated. Now, I'm not saying employees should be able to come in whenever they want. But like right now, you have some companies forcing people to come back that are working remotely. And my question for them um, is I actually have them for business consulting. They're like, should we bring people back? My question is, is the work getting done? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference between having them in or having them not? It's going to be the, um, the feelings that they have towards your company. Are they going to feel like they want to stay with you or move on? Sometimes you have to do it, but if it's not something that has to be done, you know, we're living like your generation, you guys are more fluid, you guys are more changing. So work with them, whatever's going to bring out the best in that employee, go ahead and do it. So yeah, um, yeah I completely agree. Too little, too late. We're out working on our own now. So <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So let's chat about what worried you when you first left your job and started to create something on your own? What worried you and what were the thoughts that were kind of going through your mind when you were like, I don't have a fallback anymore? Money. 
Money, absolutely. Anybody who sits on this podcast and you ask that question too that says anything other than money is lying because you know as well as I do, money is the number one. You're worried, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Am I going to have to file bankruptcy? Am I going to get kicked out of my house? Are my kids going to be okay? Money is absolutely the number one. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back. So I tell people, have a little bit of self-reflection and look back on your life. Now, I, I, I grew up poor. I, I didn't come from a family with money, but I can tell you, we always found a way to survive. There was always a day when we had food on the table and a roof over our head. Maybe it wasn't the best roof. Maybe it wasn't a mansion. I was always able to get to school. Maybe it wasn't in a fancy car. Maybe it was on the bus, but there was always a way to work out. So look back on your life and you'll be able to see that you have always been able to provide. Again, maybe you're not going out to Red Lobster every day, but you're still eating. So keep those types of things in mind. And, and when you start worrying about money, just know that you're always, you've always been able to find a way to sort of survive. You're always going to be able to find a way to survive. Maybe you get into a venture and need to quit and get a job to get money to pay your bills. That's going to happen. But if you don't take the leap, you're going to be poorer than if you didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really like that mentality of, you know, are, are the cutbacks going to be worth it to start building up something of your own? And I think for a lot of people similar to you and I who are business owners, the answer will be yes, it is worth it to have a little bit less and to cut back a little bit instead of living maybe a more lavish lifestyle that you can afford when you work for somebody else, but you're giving up something else, which is your time, which I think is much more valuable. And of course, that's the only yes. asset that you yes. really, truly can't get back. Yes, absolutely. Time and your name are the two things that are um, very important in, in anything you do, you know, because your time is going to be what you charge for. doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's um, you're creating a product or service, it's still your time that you're valuing. How long does it take you to do that? And the other thing is your name. Other people are doing the same things that you're doing. There's people out there that are doing the same thing I'm doing now that they found it's a lucrative business, but my name is known in the industry. It's very well respected for what I do. So, you know, more people come to me than just go to any other service. So yeah, holding on to those are great. And it's, it's easy to say, don't worry about money. I, I, it's like it's like telling a six year old to go drive a car. You know, they just they don't have the ability to do it, and we, we, a lot of us don't have that mindset to do it. Uh, but it really is something that you have to overcome. Don't wait. Don't wait till you have money to do it. The money is always going to come. It's going to come and go. But a side hustle, getting into something that you want, becoming an entrepreneur, it's going to build wealth to where income isn't going to matter anymore because you're going to have the wealth behind it. Yeah, totally. I like that you mentioned that because I think a lot of people think very short term and they think, you know, oh, but I can get the 5,000 or 10,000, whatever amount of yes. money every single month. And that's great. And that in the next year or two while you're building something could be very beneficial. But in the long run, exactly like you said, that paycheck every month is not going to matter when you have truly built something that is so much more than just whatever monthly paycheck you used to be getting and something that you have a name for that is yours, that you own, that you are proud of. I really like that you mentioned name in there as well. And I think a lot of people don't mention that, but it's so important that if you are building something for yourself, and I'm sure you and I feel the same way about this, it's so important to have that credibility and have a good reputation with your name and the name that's attached to you. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, you know, people are listening to your podcast for a reason. 
That, you know, that's all I'm saying. And it, it, it's um, maybe not because I'm on it, but because you're here, you, you've built your name, you've built your reputation around what you do. And that's why people are tuning in. So now your name is what's getting that audience. And it's the same thing with the side hustle. You, you treat people right. You do good at what you're doing. Um, don't be an a-hole and uh, you're going to have people that come back to you. So my wealth right now isn't, isn't my income. I, I don't look at my monthly income of how much I have coming in and going out. I mean, it's budgeted and scheduled. My wealth is my client base because those are the people who have come to me, who are coming back to me, um, who are treated well. And that's where my referral business comes to. I would say close to 75% of my business is my referral business. So yeah, I've had to build up and maybe not charge those people as much money, but that's where all my current income comes from. So name is important. Famous last words spoken by Mike Wood. I love that. I think that is so <laughs> undersaid in the industry. But if you are, you want to have a good reputation, you ensure that you have a good reputation, you do quality work for your clients, it will always keep coming in the door with referrals. Um, and it really just comes back to who you are and what is your reputation. So thank you for sharing that. I think that is really important. Um, that is often undersaid. So let's chat about common forms of monetization. I know that you have um, many sources of income coming in. So would you be able, would you feel comfortable to share what those look like and how you started building multiple streams of income and different forms of monetization for yourself and for your business? Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of mine isn't necessarily monetization, monetization through advertising. It's uh, just basically expanding the scope of what I do and how I offer what I do. So it's not like I'm learning new things or offering new services. I'm offering the same services, but offering them in a different way. So as a freelancer, obviously, I do the content writing, you know, the focus is on Wikipedia. But I found that a lot of people were always asking me for more information about how to use Wikipedia for marketing, um, how to do different types of digital marketing. So I went ahead and I started writing articles up to present to people so I didn't have to answer these questions. And then I thought, I can't just give all this advice away for free. So I started posting some of it on there, turned it into books. So now I've published two books. I've published a third that's coming out, um, turned them into eBooks. So now I'm starting to get a little bit of passive income on that. Then I noticed a lot of clients come to me, they were getting advice and then going and doing things on their own. So, okay, so now I'm charging for consultations, but what if I could teach them how to do their own marketing? I'm not trying to corner the business. There's plenty of work out there for marketers because everything is online now. So I started um, making courses for people so they could learn how to do their own uh, marketing, how they could edit Wikipedia for pay, uh, how to do different side hustles. So they're able to get um, I'm able to get um, residual income or passive income from things that I normally wouldn't be able to assist with. So people would come and say, hey, I need help with with content writing, what's some advice to do? Well, instead of taking an hour to assist one person, I can go ahead and sell a course for 30 bucks and help a hundred people in the same time that I could charge a hundred dollars to help one. So I could charge less for people to learn what I'm teaching them on the phone and they can go out and do it on their own. I'm getting the passive income from doing that. So right now, a lot of that for me is moving from being hands-on in the field into everything becoming passive. So that's really helped as well. 
And one thing I can tell for, and I know a lot of listeners right now are thinking, man, I need to, I need to start freelancing. I need to start content writing, but I don't know what to do. You can do it without any knowledge. One thing I didn't tell you, I had no clue what digital marketing was when I first started. Okay. I was just doing writing off of, off of freelance websites. I was a decent writer. So I started taking jobs. Then I started my own website in order to be able to showcase my profile. And then in order to get people to the website, I had to learn about this thing called search engine optimization. Started doing these things. I had absolutely no knowledge. I have a law degree. None of that has to do with marketing. So right now, one of the biggest ones that I, I push freelancers for is graphic design. And before you think, oh, I need to learn Photoshop and all this. No, you don't. There's a website out there called Canva. Canva is drop and click. It's how I make all my YouTube covers. It's how I make all my graphics. I know absolutely nothing about graphic designs, but I get emails every day from people saying, oh, how did you create this YouTube thumbnail? Can you do it for me? How much are you going to pay? You go to Fiverr or uh, Upwork, these freelance websites, and people are charging $10, $20, $25 to do it. And it takes five minutes to do it. So you have absolutely no experience. You can go to Fiverr, create a profile, um, sell it to people and say, hey, I'll do an ad creative for you or I can do a logo for you. You don't need design experience. These templates are all set up. You drop and click. You could be on vacation from your laptop working off of Fiverr making you know an extra $1,000 a week. You could turn that into an agency. So um a lot of things with freelancing as far as writing and graphics can design can be done with no experience. So. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think that yeah. is very overlooked. A lot of the time when people are starting something specifically starting something of their own, it's, I need to have all of this experience and I need to know everything there is to know about X topic that I want to start in. But really, if you know the basics and you are ahead of somebody else, then that is where you can start. And of course, learn as you go along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to make the mistakes along the way. If if you wait, it's another thing I tell clients, like, you know, if we're doing website builds and things like that for them, they're like, oh, I want things perfect. Well, if you wait until things are perfect, you're never going to launch. So yeah. don't sit back and think, oh, I need to learn this. And I, yeah, learn it, but learn it as you're doing it and get along because guess what? Thousands of other people are learning the exact same thing. So they're going to be out making money and building a name, building a reputation for themselves while you're still at home going, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this or not. No, do it, start it, offer a service, go to Fiverr and undercut people, offer people, you know, for five bucks, tell them you'll do a logo just to get some business and some reputation going in there. And then you can start charging accordingly. Um, so there's so many ways to do it. But um, again, I go back to Steve Harvey. One of the best quotes that I ever read was, you have to jump. You absolutely have to jump. Stop looking at the cliff, jump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great quote. And you totally hit the nail on the head. If you wait until things are perfect, trust me, you will never get it done. <laughs> I never wait until things are perfect. You work on things along the way. I know so many people who I have worked with and in my personal life who are such perfectionists and that is great. And their output looks beautiful and amazing and very aesthetic. But a lot of times that output doesn't actually become a reality because they are always waiting until things are perfect. And I think that it can be such a downfall, unfortunately. 
Yes. Yes, it can. And I get it. It's hard for people. It's hard for me sometimes to say, oh, this isn't quite ready. I don't know if I want to launch. I've launched a lot of side hustles in addition to my marketing business, just because the, um, you know, the online marketing, like the sales, the sales funnels, um, targeting people in different niches for marketing. It's so lucrative right now for me to do it. But I'll, I'll launch websites on a side hustle and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this ad copy is exactly how I want it. I don't care. It's going live and now I can go back later on and I can do more copy editing, add and remove as it is. I, you just can't sit around and wait for it to be perfect. you know. Uh, and I got this experience too. What, what helped me overcome like my perfectionism that I used to have was when I was working for a casino, the place where I was fired from. You know, we had a lot of specific work to do, and there was a specific date that the casino was open. And it was going to be impossible to get all this work done. I mean, it was it was nervous. It was like, we can't get this done. We've got to get everything perfect. We need to have a system for here. And somebody sat me down and said, hey, look, Mike, the casino is set to open on this date. And it's going to open regardless of whether you're done with your work or not. So you have a choice. You can either do it and get it done, or you can sit around and make sure it's perfect. Either way, that casino is going to open. And that's how I look at things right now. I set deadlines. I'm going to launch this on a specific date. If it's not 100% ready, you're still going to launch it. So it's again, it's back to the jumping. Yeah. Yeah. What a great example. So in you saying all of this, which I completely love, I am curious, what is your opinion on one of or the most lucrative side hustle that you could start now? And of course, this changes based on everyone's interests and passions, but just general overall, what would you say is something pretty lucrative right now in the beginning of 2023 that could be started that is quite in demand? What I'm doing, writing. Writing is is heavily in demand and it always has been because everything that you do online comes back to Google and how Google sees you and where Google puts you in the search engines. And Google ranks you based on your content. And if you don't think that's true, think about it. Everything on social media is content. When you follow somebody or like them, it's because of the content that they put out. When you go to a website for information, it's because of the content they write on their website. Everything is surrounded by content. And I've worked in this business for over a decade now. There are not a lot of great content writers. There's plenty of content writers, but there's very few that do it really well. So that space is wide open. Um, you can look on any website right now and type in, you know, best side hustles for 2023. You're going to find content writing, um, proofreading, copy editing, anything related to copy. And it's so easy to do. If you know how to copy edit, which is pretty much, re- and I know you do because everybody listening here, if they see somebody using your, your, or their, or their wrong on social media, you're the first ones to go in and correct it. So if you're doing it on social media for free, do it for a company and get paid for it. Go through, do their copy editing, learn the different techniques, long form content, short form content, um, learn all these little things. A Canva is the other one. It's all about creating that content too. You can go to Canva right now and get a free account. You don't even have to pay for a premium account. You can go on there for free and learn how to do some of these graphic designs, learn how to create logos. It's all drag and drop. It's so easy. Just do these things. Um, Start getting into some of these writing because there's so many different writing 
things such as content marketing, uh, social media marketing, creating all ad creatives. There's so many different niches within there that as you start playing around, you're going to find something that you like, something that's good, and it is going to be lucrative. Because again, there's not a lot of people that do it with proficiency. A lot of people, but not a lot of people that do it with proficiency. Once your name gets known as someone who who can do this with proficiency, then um, the cost that you charge can be over and above what other people are charging. Hmm. I like that you bring that up because I found that too. And I think that also goes back to what you were speaking about earlier with your name and your business name is truly everything. I have seen so many people. There are so many people, whether it's on Fiverr or Upwork or having their own freelance business or all the other million corners of the internet who offer, you know, whether it's SEO or content writing or whatever that may look like, but so many of them are done with such poor quality that yeah. if you can do it well and really produce something and high output, then you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a big scare right now in, in content marketing where um, with the AI, with the, the new chat bots and everything, people are scared that Google's going to automatically create content and we're going to be out of a job. Oh, AI isn't there. I, I, AI is good at generating some content to, to give you an outline or find some information. But basically, it's just pulling from data that's already out there on the Internet. So it's giving you ideas, it's giving you outlines, but you still have to go in and write it. So one trend that you're going to see in the next year, and, and I warn people of this, bad content writers are going to get worse because they're going to simply generate AI content and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And Google's going to recognize it as, as crappy content. They're not going to rank it. So you can actually set yourself apart from the competition this year because, again, the bad Writers are going to get worse because they're relying solely on AI. The good writers are going to be able to use AI, find an outline, which is going to do their research, tweak it, put their own words, their own style to it, copy edit it, and push it out and be even better content. So, yeah, it's a great field to get into right now. And and if you can copyright, I want you. <laughs> I still – I do copy – yeah, I do copywriting for an editing, but there's so much business for people looking for high-quality work – that's why I take on new people to help, you know, because they're just we we can't we can't service enough clients that want that quality writing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for something and you have the quality, that's really the main piece. Hit up Mike. Um, all of his links are in the show notes. So one last question for you before we wrap up. And I'm very curious on your answer on this. If you were to do everything all over again, is there anything that you would do differently within your journey? Yeah, you know, this is kind of a hindsight question. It, it really is a hindsight question. But I think I think a lot of the worries and a lot of the fears I let get to me. So some things that I should have gone headfirst into, I kind of dipped my toes into along the way. Um, what took me a decade to build probably could have been done within a year or two. And, and that's something for everybody to keep in mind. You don't have to wait 10 years to see if something's going to succeed. If you're willing to go head first, um, you may see results quicker than anybody else. So I, I think I don't want to call it a regret because I don't regret anything I've done in my life. It's just a lesson. But I apply that to side hustles now. I don't half-ass side hustles. If, if I'm going to start something, I'm going to go in it. And I'm either, it, it's better to fail quickly 
than to live out miserably to see if you're going to fail or not. So yeah, that, that's one thing I would have done different is, is I would have hired more people in the beginning. I would have tried to expand further in the beginning, but you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Everything is in hindsight. I like that you mentioned that, you know, of course. And I think that's in business, in life, in everything, looking back, you can always say, I wish I had done this more efficiently, or I wish I had done this differently, but the journey is the journey. And, you know, you can learn for your next time, for your next side hustle, your next venture, whatever that may be. But, um, I really like that as an answer because I think that, you know, hindsight is everything. And as long as you learn from it, then all the lessons in the past that maybe took a little bit longer are okay. Yes. Yeah. And the journey is better than the destination. You know that. Otherwise, we won't have stories to sit around and talk about on a podcast. (laughs) Exactly. So, Mike, thank you for being on the show. Before we leave, where can everybody find you? Well, uh, two things. You can find me on my website at legalmorning.com. It's all one word. And um, no, I'm not going to explain the the planned words right now. <laughs> it's something that came up a long time ago. It just, became, uh, just became a brand, but it's legalmorning.com. Um, from there, you can find my YouTube channel, which has a lot of marketing advice on it. And there's also a link to the Legal Morning uh, Marketing Academy where you can find those courses. Um, Social media, of course, Facebook, Instagram, you can find all those links on the website as well. If this episode has served you in any way, I would love it if you shared what you've learned or a part of the episode that you loved by tagging me on Instagram at nomadneeks. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that I can continue to bring you educational content, learn and grow together. Thank you for your support and see you in the next episode of the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast.